We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com i i don't think it's this year but never know man yeah things tend to happen real quick i hope i have the over on their points that so we kick off the Zoizo. Who knew how it was going to be? That's the mystique of this tournament. What's up, everybody? It is that time, Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern. PGA Strategy Show presented by Prize Picks here at Stochastic. I'm Ben Reza. That is Jeff Ulrich. We're going to talk non-cut. We're going to talk all 78 players. We're going to give you the tools that you guys need to be successful at this tournament. Another staple of the swing season. But we get a little change of pace, a little non-cut action, and we head to Japan. Yeah, we do. Um, and you know, th- this event falls in like a weird part of the schedule. It's kind of like a a nice little no cu- no cut event, obviously. But I I do like the venue here. I mean, I'll, I'll give it that. Like, I mean, it, it's the fall. I know we don't have all the t- top players. The bottom half of the field is like guys. We're gonna have trouble pronouncing, but like Narashino is, is it's kind of a cool little course, and you know, like Hideki kind of bombed it out here and 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 won in a runaway and tiger did the same thing in 2019 but i like the fact it's tougher scoring and it challenges the players a little bit differently so at the very least i'm interested i like this course like i like i like watching it i like the prime time golf i just not sure if if we're going to get like a different story this year it kind of feels like one of these top players could just do something similar so we'll see if we can get a more competitive zozo but um I don't know. Yeah, it remains to be seen. I'm excited for it, though. There are some big names, kind of a fresh feel. And I do like the scores from the couple iterations that we saw. There was a COVID year in the middle. I want to get that out there. Don't just look at the course history from every year. That's not the case. We're going to dive into that. Before we do, though, I want to ask about Shriners. I mean, it's not that this changed a ton for me. Tom Kim is obviously very good. I, I have not even been close to betting him in these spots. Yeah. I, I Maverick was really, really good for me last week. He did hold on to the top 10. I, I had him outright and I was really hoping he could hang in the mix. Ultimately he did not. Neesmith guy we talked about was right there. It wasn't bad. It's just, what do we do with Tom Kim? I mean, the guy is really, really good. He's really good. He's given off um, what I would call 2015 Jordan Spieth vibes right now, um, where you put him anywhere and the balls are going in the hole. Like it's, it's like he's, his approach game is going to save him. His short game is going to save him. He doesn't miss putts. I I don't know. And and I'm like you, like, I didn't like, I'm not, I'm not betting Tom Kim at 20 to one or whatever he was last week. And like, maybe it's like my fault for not recognizing just how good he is or, or the run, but yeah, it's just weird. I mean, like, like you, I mean, I, I, Neesmith, you know, like placing bats, good. Mito, 
got on good, but like, you know, we got Tom Kim again for the outright. So I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think that, I think that with, with what he's shown at this point, I am going to look for Tom Kim when not necessarily he's like, we're not going to get like big numbers on him, but no. I'm definitely going to look at places where, you know, maybe just the field is, is like, you know, going to push his number down a bit. So like places like the PGA championship, I, I think that, you know, realistically, I mean, just what he's shown, I think over the next year and a half, we can expect Tom Kim to potentially like surprise at one of these big events. So um, I'm going to change my focus a little bit and and start looking at him even when he's at those numbers. And you can say, oh, you missed the boat, Jeff. I mean, yeah, I, we missed it, but like there's a lot of big events coming up and he will go through a couple dips. He'll miss a cut somewhere or he'll finish T30 somewhere and the number will get a, a tiny bit bigger and I'll try and get on. But I don't feel overly dumb or anything for missing him. It's just a really good young player on an insane run right now. 14 to one this week. I know it's a small field, but it's just like, if he wins this week, Dan, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that that's, that's something else. I mean, Oh, if know. he wins this week, then there's a big problem because like he might be breaking the models. Yeah. Uh, like there is a chance that he's like transcendently good. And I, if that's the case, I'm never going to be able to catch up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that is that I don't, you know, again, it was a fine week for me. Nothing really stood out. We, we've talked about the, the volatility in swing season, how quickly guys can bounce back. Jason Day showed a little life. Ricky, stone dead, no life whatsoever. What are you going to do? Uh, I mean, Ricky, just the, the, the yo-yo back and forth. Every Jason time. Day is, is getting interesting for me. Um, I did say that he, you know, he might pop up last week he and did. admittedly he was like, he was like, he was like, okay. And then just the way he finished was just insane. So, um, you know, the big thing for day is it feels like, you know, he changed his swing last year because to deal with the back injury and it feels like he's getting more confident with it. And that was kind of my theory going into like this fall swing, just keeping an eye on Jason day. And if that putter gets back again, man, like, I think you're going to see Jason Day break through at some point. So a lot, all this hinges on him staying healthy. If he, if he gets injured again or starts missing, like, just forget it. Just don't even go back there because it's at the point now where if he, if there's another injury, like, I don't think he can make his way back. But he is he's definitely on his way back. Um, and, you know, we've got some Jason Day events coming up early next year, you know, with the farmers and stuff. So just keep them in mind. Oh, no doubt. It's, it's a name that if he can stay healthy, that is something – to strongly consider now we're going to move to the course to the format but i want to give a shout out to prize picks right off the top because they've been doing some amazing things you guys are familiar with it but if you're new if you're checking out the show for the first time first of all welcome to stochastic and you see it there we're going to match your first deposit of up to 100 dollars over on prizepicks.com it's a different type of format we're talking about daily prop based contests those five player lineups you can get up to 10 extra entry fee and in addition when you click that link in the description below, you're going to get that one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. So not only are you getting the bonus and the benefit over on Prize Picks, you're getting the tools behind the paywall from the site for a month. And it's not just PGA, it's all different sports, from fairways hit birdies, a lot of different categories. I can't give them uh, enough love. And I know you play over there as well, doing some things like to target some of those under the radar categories. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with prize picks, the one thing, always take a look at what the course is offering. I know, yes. like, um, you know, last week we had like really high green and regulation percentages. You could have taken advantage of that. This week at uh, Narashino, um, you know, like harder to hit fairways. 
potentially good fade spots, depending on numbers that are coming out and stuff too. And, and probably low birdie rates. We only had two, three players who reached 10 under par or better last year. So um, I, yeah, I'm not the weather again, it's a little bit cooler. Uh, there's a little bit of rain on Thursday. I, I think that the course is going to play a little bit tougher again this year. So let's get into it. Let's talk about this course. You mentioned Narashino. It is a, a pretty interesting test or 70. You've got some long holes, got some part threes that are, are very gettable. Um, you know, we've only seen a couple of years, but it seems like hitting fairways is pretty difficult and you can be punished and it's tough. How do you go? I mean, do you extract it? Like you work backwards saying like, okay, decky you know, long irons now, or do you say it's more complicated than that? Um, I, I don't know if it, if it's necessarily more complicated than that. I think, I, I think like I, the way I look at this course is I think there's two styles of players that can kind of have success here. And that's either you're, you're just an elite high end ball striker who, whose approaches are just gonna, you know, have you hit a higher percentage of, of greens, and, and some fairways, but more greens than, than the rest of the field. And you're not going to have to scramble necessarily as much because the, the green regulation percentages are, are kind of down here as well. So that'll save you. And I think they, just the, the way they set it up, you know, the green structures, um, not, not super easy. The greens are easy to put on. That, that's one thing. And I think that helps players like Hideki, but um, I think it helped Tiger too, you know, like later in his career. But, you know, I think the other thing is, you know, if you're good around the green player, if you are – you know, you're not going to be hampered off the tee. And, and if you've got some skill around the green, like, you know, last year we saw Tringali, we saw Mackenzie Hughes up there. These are players who aren't going to dominate off the tee, but, you know, they can get around around the green. They can gain strokes there. And I think Narashino, like, for, for fantasy purposes, don't necessarily, like, count players like that out this week because, you know, are, are they my favorite wins for, like, a, or favorite targets for, like, an outright bet? No, absolutely not. But... I think for DraftKings, like they probably have a pretty safe floor and you're going to get like good, uh, good prices on some of those type of players. And then we talk about, so the other, the other caveat is not just a, a course that we haven't seen a ton. It's a new format. You know, we, we've been in these full fields, six to six percentages determining everyone's fate after Friday. This is WGC style. Uh, you know, we've got a non-cut. We got, I think it's just under 80 players in this. If I'm not wrong, we've got about, I don't know, 10 to, 15, yeah. 10 to 15 players that I, I, you know, don't really get the starts on the PGA Tour. What an interesting dynamic there. So how do you go about, before we dive into Xander and Sunjay and types, the non-cut aspect, are you more live to go stars and scrubs? Do you not care? How do you approach that? Yeah, so... <laughs> It's it's funny because like what have we what have we seen from the two years from from this? We've seen one player like truly dominate from the top of the board. Well, even Tiger was like, you know, where would he be in this field? Like, like 2019 Tiger, he might have been in the 9K range. So I know he was 33 to one that year when he went off. Um, so again, we've had like and even Catley at the, this event. I mean, again, it was obviously a different course, but similar type of field. He was 33 to one. So. You know, we've seen a couple winners come from not necessarily like the top tier, but like the second tier. And then, um, you know, uh, the field this week, it, it's a WGC field, but the bottom 10 players are all Asian development tour players. So for me, like most of the time when we come to these events and you're like, everyone's getting four rounds, let's go stars and scrubs. I think this is actually a good time to go balanced. Um, there's a, there's, there's a decent chunk of talent here. Like, 7k and above. I mean, it, it's a weird field because 
the it feels like the bottom 15 golfers are in a tier by themselves. Yes. But the rest of the field feels pretty close. I mean, you've got guys down there, like, and we'll get to them, but like Domin, Russell Knox at 7K flat. I mean, these are good players. And when you have like a big chunk of the field that's maybe not going to be competitive, I think using like really just targeting that low 7K range. And I mean, you can you can call them stars and scrubs or whatever, but but not necessarily dipping down like you would in a normal no cut event where you're going like true stars and scrubs and using like, you know, mid 6K guys. It is, it is an interesting day because it's true. They're, the pricing, that's one advantage I, I think people don't utilize as much. When you look at the pricing, and I'll use DraftKings as the obvious example, it's incremental. But the skill of the players doesn't always correlate to that like linear build. Like If there's a guy who's a 4K golfer, he's 6,000. He has to be. They can't put him at 4,000. And he's probably next to a player that is infinitely better than him. And we see that in this field at the bottom. And I think that's something we need to explore as we get down there. But let's start at the top. Xander, Decky, Morikawa, and Sanjay, 10K and above. You know, we've saw a lot of these guys or all of these guys, you know, President's Cup type players. That's the caliber of player here. Xander's the betting favorite. Sanjay is right on his heels. And Decky's the defending champ. You have a preference up top. Yeah, I do. Um, and it's Colin Morikawa. <laughs> I think it's a great spot to just just pile in on Morikawa this week. Um, you betting him? Absolutely. You know, fourteen to one or better. Uh, you know, I got sixteen to one, but look, <laughs> it's, like around the industry, Sungjae and has lower odds than Morikawa, and like I get it. I mean, Sungjae's been terrific, but long term, what are we talking about here? I mean, it's Colin Morikawa, and if you're getting him in an event. Um, you know, just coming off a depressed, you know, kind of stretch for him and you're getting him at longer odds than Hideki and Sanjay or similar odds. You just take it, like, just take it and don't worry too much about it. But that that's a, that's aside. I mean, this track for Morikawa, Ben, I don't know if I could create a better course for a player like Colin Morikawa. He hits a lot of fairways. He's not a bomb and gouge type of player though, but that doesn't matter because this isn't really that type of course at all. Um, you know, the, the greens, you need high-end iron play. That's great. There's extra par threes in play. Um, we just need the putter to show up. But guess what? Like, the greens are even easier to putt. There, it's a, it's a, you have a very, like, low three-putt percentage on these greens. They, I, I, the, the climate, um, from what I remember last year anyways, and from when Tiger won, like, the greens just play a little bit slower. So I think that helps a player like Morikawa as well. Certainly helped Hideki, who's not a good putter, last year. Um uh, yeah, that that this is where I'm going. I mean, I, I think Colin Morikawa is just uh, also just you know a, a very mentally strong player who knows that he didn't win last year, and now he's coming into the fall, and he's got a great track. And I would not be shocked if he just dialed up a, a win similar to what Hideki did last year. I'm not going to push back. I like Morikawa quite a bit. Now, part of this is maybe working backwards to fit a guy that I do like in this spot, but. When I was looking at this course and I was reading some things and it's certainly Morikawa was kind of on my mind. I see a little Harding Park in this. Like when I think about what he did there and what this course demands, a lot of it was very similar to me. And I, again, you're looking at a course where he won a major. So it's easy to be like, oh, he fits the course and in one iteration. I see some similarities, certainly the par 70 on a Ben and, and just in general, I think this is an ideal scenario. Now, if the putter doesn't travel, you can forget it, but that's with him everywhere. And, and we just have to kind of throw that out, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, if, if you're worrying about the like, if, if you're looking at Colin Morikawa's putting stats, you're never going to play him, basically, right? Exactly. Like, he's he's just that's what he is. I mean, he's going to go through periods where it's terrible, but we also know that like he can he can get confident with that club, and he's just so mentally strong. Like he he can he can get hot. He he's he's he can kind of spike with it. So he can certainly putt well enough to win in a tougher course like this. Um, you mentioned the correlation with TPC Harding Park, which I never really thought about, but again, you know, like same part of the, you know, Pacific ocean world. It's, uh, you know, these things do tend to correlate as weird as it sounds. So yeah, I really have nothing bad to say. Hideki is obviously like the course history maestro. Um, I will not be shocked if Hideki Matsuyama top fives again this year, he's just a, a course horse. He is a guy who, who's tended to do that throughout his career. And, and, and I admit like it's, it's really tight here. And, and I, if someone said to me, you know, I got Morikawa ranked third out of these three. I'd say, fine, like you're going off recent form. That's what you're really emphasizing. But I'm looking at long-term here. I'm looking at buying the dip on a player who, to me, if he had any form would be, you know, if he had played in, in top five at the Sanderson, would probably be the top of the odds because he's the class of the field. So I want to buy low here. And I think that I trust Morikawa that, you know, he's, he's probably going to show up here with a better than advertised performance. Uh, listen, we're in sync there. I have nothing bad to say about a guy like Xander. I'm simply indifferent. If you told me I'm starting with Xander, I would say he's the betting favorite and he's quite good. He's going to lean on the driver a lot more uh, than some of these other guys. But, uh, you know, it's Xander. I I think for me, Morikawa, Decky, Gap, Sunjay, and Xander. Yeah. I mean, Xander as as a favorite it just feels wrong. Like, I mean, it, it, it's he not. He crushes these non-cuts. He, he loves he these does type of things. I know. And, it, and it's like, it's not that it's not deserving, right? It just feels like, it just, it just feels like you should be looking elsewhere when, when, when you've got like peak Xander. I mean, he's, he's a really good player. He does crush the no-cut events, but, you know, he, he rarely gets like these, these star kind of like where he's, he's the top of the board betting. He comes, he's kind of like the alpha and, like all of his wins have come when he's kind of just in that like 20 to one range. There's a few players better than him. And then he, and then he grinds it down and, and he kind of like, you know, blows past them in the final round. That's kind of been his MO. So I don't I, like, I mean, and look, we saw like Cantlay last week. I mean, he was great. He played his a game and he still imploded. It's so hard to win as a favorite. I, I think Xander, I mean, for DFS, you know, he's, he's under 11 K. So a fade is maybe a little bit harsh, but like, you know, He's not someone I'm looking at to, to get money on uh, at this number at all. Yeah, and again, when you when you're talking about fades, of course you can't get overweight on everyone. You yep. don't get the you don't get paid off as much with radical stands because it's a non-cut and they get 72 holes regardless. So it softens the blow when they play well potentially because they could middle. But I like to say, you know what, I'm going to take my stand and hope he gets cut. That of course can't happen. But I want to talk about if you don't go to Morikawa or Decky. Tom Kim is next, and I, I don't know what to do there. And then it gets really interesting. Hovland, Cam Young, and Fleetwood. These guys, particularly Fleetwood and Hovland, they popped up on my betting card. I got Fleetwood at 35. I really like that number. Do you feel comfortable saying, give me two or three of these guys, and I'll start here? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, just went over, like, some projections for the site. And, you know, we, we have an article, like, highlighting, uh, you know, the guys mm-hmm. who are top projected, and that'll be out later today. And I mean, Cam Young is there. He's going to be popular, but I mean, this is a player who makes a ton of birdies and, you know, we've seen him show up at multiple different venues. So 
um, right off the bat. I mean, just that number on him at like 9,300 is, is super low, but I, I think that like, you know, Hovland, Tom, Kim, Cam Young, those guys are all going to have some ownership across them and, and like mixing and matching two of those guys to start, I do think is completely fine. Um, I would probably prefer Hovland and Cam Young would I? <laughs> for, for the simple reason that I guess we're just going to wait out Tom Kim to have that one bad weekend and celebrate. But um, yeah, I, I do like, you know, the, the more seasoned players here in, in all seriousness at this course, I think that this is actually a pretty drastic change from what we saw last week too. So um, I would probably, you know, go, go with young. I would probably rank young um, first of those three and then go Hovland. So, but to your, to your Fleetwood point, like Fleetwood and Hatton are really interesting. I mean, I think they make for great GPP plays. You're not going to get super low ownership across anyone this week, but again, we, we look at the stochastic, you know, ownership projections. I mean, I don't see either Fleetwood or Hatton projecting anywhere near the top 10 of this field. Actually Hatton is close, but uh, which is surprising, but um, anyways, yeah, they're, they're not going to be like super chalk. And I think that you can get your, your overall ownership down by looking at a player like uh, Tommy Fleetwood, who, um, you know, if the driver cooperates with Fleetwood, there's no reason why this can't be a great course for him either. I like Fleetwood. You know, he's he's seen this course. He's got experience. I, I do think in general, uh, not going to define my lineups, but like guys that have played in Europe, they're just more acclimated to all different types of courses rather than, you know, I feel like in America, you know, you get, a, first of all, a lot of Florida swing stuff like that. It's not really pertinent to what you see overseas. I think that'll help. I just like Fleetwood. I like this price. I like the ownership, all the tools on the site. I've kind of identified him. I don't think see any red flags. I, I'm a little surprised that Hatton's getting any love, to be honest. People are playing yeah, Ty Hatton. No, I know. And, and at 9,100, right? I mean, it's, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can make the, the argument that like, this is an okay course for him, but you know, Hatton <laughs> always comes to these, these quirky style courses, and he complains about something. And that's true. Yeah, this is not really a spot where I'm on it. That's why I was, I was actually a little surprised to see how, I mean, he's not projecting with a ton of ownership, but he is kind of in the top 15 for us. Um, I would much prefer Fleetwood here. I, I think this is actually better suited for Fleetwood too. Who's probably a little bit more consistent ball striker than Hatton. Um, you know, his around the green game has gotten better too with Fleetwood. His putting's gotten better. So yeah, I think I'm on team Tommy here as well. Um, Hatton for me, He's, I think Hatton's getting a little bit of love because he's got, he's had a couple top tens, but again, I mean, remember like the Alfred Dunhill links. I mean, like these are quirky events where, you know, like one good round on an easy course kind of getting you there. So no, uh, I prefer Fleetwood this week over Hatton. As we round it out, Cord Connors and then uh, Keegan breaks off the AK range. Siwoo, Thigala, Tom Hoagie's been playing good golf. Cam Davis, Maverick, Mito. So just a lot of the staples of, some of the higher price guys at Shriners, some of the guys we saw at that board, talent starts to dissipate a little, you know, nothing crazy. There's just still experienced and good players. But this, I think, starts to speak to your larger point. A couple bad tournaments and Keegan and these guys are crashing into Russell Knox. Yeah, totally. Um, and like, again, like, I don't think this, this range is necessarily that weak. Like I like a lot of these players. I mean, I think a lot of them set up well for this week too. Like Tom Hoagie, I mean, gaining yeah. like a, a, just a billion strokes ball striking last week, hitting the ball really well. This is like a second shot course. Exactly what you'd want for him. I really like this venue for Keegan too. Um, you know, maybe his power doesn't get 
as much emphasis, but he actually handles short courses very well. Um, we've seen him pop up at the Travelers. He's played this course twice, T13, T7. So this is going to be his third time around. Another bad putter who I think is going to be helped by the greens here too. So just the fact he's been here three times now, I think just tells you something a little bit about Keegan. I may actually bet Keegan this week. And I, I don't, I, I bet Keegan like once every two years. So that I, I am feeling pretty strongly about him. Um, also coming off a good, good event. And then my guy Mito, man, I mean, d- d- people forget Mito was, was T4 at the Olympics in Japan. Um, led the field and strokes gain approach last week. I am, I am very big on his chances. I found a 50 to one early Monday and just hammered it, but 8,300. I think he's too cheap. It's the player I expect to win soon. Assuming he stays on the PGA tour. Yeah. I thought he was live bound. I thought he was too. That, I mean, that, I kind of just erased him from my mind. And then he was, he's popped up in the first fall field and you're like, what's going on here. So anyways, we're back on Mito. So we'll see how long that lasts, but I love the setup for him. I really do. Um, first time seeing the course and he played last week. So that's, but that that's a notch against a lot of these guys in this range. So I do like this range. It's going to be interesting to see how a lot of these players perform after last week. But for me, big on Keegan, um, Figala is maybe like some kind of pivot play. I, I don't see him being super popular and I'm big on Mito's chances here with, and, and I could see like a player like McNeely showing up but, and, and certainly Tom Hoagie who sets up really well. So all about this range. I know that you're, you're right with the talent where these guys maybe aren't as that much better than the guys in the low 7K range, but right now a lot of these players are playing really well. So they, they definitely are, but it, it's a, it's a weird double-edged sword. The ones that are playing well, that's why they're in this range. The guys that are maybe similar talent that have started slow, a couple of missed cuts, they're not nine thousand here. You know, you're you're seeing that kind of baked in to an extent. So it, it is a little difficult to separate. Then you've got like like Scott Stallings, Cam, like Scott Stallings is someone who I'm kind of alluding to not to pick on him, but like he's played really well. We saw him at Sanderson. It was good, but he's still, this is someone that could have been in this field at 6,500 with a couple different results. And I wouldn't say anything. Stallings and Hoagie and probably McNeely, although McNeely always gets priced up a bit, but Stallings and Hoagie probably feel like the two biggest where like you said, if they had just like missed the cut in their last start, they'd be like 7,300 and yeah. we wouldn't blink an eye. Um, so yeah, you really have to make, you really have to decide, like, is this a player who is you think right for regression or is this just like, you know, where he is and you're going to see more continuation. Obviously I lean more on that with Hoagie than Stallings, but yeah, it wouldn't shock me to see either of these players uh, regress a little bit. I do think, and, and I will stand for Mito again, I, I think that the most underrated player in this range is still Mito. Um, long-term, like he ranks right up there. I mean, this is, we've seen bad stretches from him, but like you you take his big picture, Mito should be up with Corey Connors this week. Um, I, I think he's the most underpriced in this range, so. I mean, yeah, there's a an alternate universe that's not that different than the one we live in where Mito uh, has like a gold medal and a major. <laughs> yeah. Like he easily could have and should have won the PGA championship. It's kind of crazy to think about that. What about Davis Riley? Your boy, mm-hmm. flat eight, different part of the world, certainly. You know, he's yeah. not on, not on, uh, it's not Mississippi. It's well, not, but it's not. Like, but it's, Confirmed. It's a tr- truthful statement. Yeah. Um, Facts check out. 
Davis Riley almost won a colonial. And to me, that's one of the best kind of comps in terms of layouts. I do like this layout for Davis Riley, um, which is really interesting and, and kind of makes him interesting for DFS. Don't forget as well. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com like this is a no cut and i think a player like davis riley really sort of that really boosts a player with his kind of talent talent level i like the fact this is a tougher course for davis riley I think what we've seen from him is that's kind of going to be his preference, you know, popped up at the U S open with like a really good result. Um, the Schwab played hard that week when he basically should have won. Uh, you know, he's popped up at a few easier courses too, but his best results, again, the Valspar, a, a longer tougher venue with like harder to hit fairways. I, I, I will not be shocked if Davis Riley has a good week and he's a player where I'm not, quite sure what to do with because I thought his betting number might be bigger where we're getting him maybe like 60 to one and, and we could jump on it, but it doesn't dip that much, which is always a little bit intriguing. Uh, I really like him for DFS. I think for tournaments, yeah. no one's going to play him in this range because we do have some guys in the high seven K range who are undervalued and we've got a lot of players playing well just above them. So Riley to me is a really good no cut play this week. I think um you're taking a bit of a chance that you know he comes in and just bombs out but again like a miscut with davis riley shouldn't worry us too much um especially because you know like two weeks ago at the sanderson he was he was just fine and i think this venue this is really just more of like a setup play for me i think this is a, a good one for him he, he does fit the mold on a lot of a lot of you know different checklists for me I, i'm more debating how i allocate my shares between him and bez because bez is right there He's another guy. He hasn't been doing much, but it hasn't been disastrous either. And in some ways, you look and say, maybe people haven't really noticed because he hasn't putted in the last couple of weeks. And that's very atypical. This is a guy that relies on that. And at Sanderson Farms and Shriners, he made the cut and he lost around two strokes putting in each of those weeks. Now, around the green was comical, but that's kind of what he does. Yeah, that's his game. And, I, you know, I mentioned like the archetype here of players who, you should be targeting and in a lot of ways like bez fits that kind of like tringali kind of hughes mold i think he's better than potentially both those players so he he is interesting as well and i agree like he's he's making a lot of cuts he's kind of he's kind of been popping up on leaderboards and you're like oh is this the week where you know the putter gets hot and and we see like him just put it together and just reel off like an insane win because he's done it a couple times in the euro tour as well yep. against decent fields and maybe this is the week in like a no cut event with like, you know, the top players, a little sleepy. I mean, I certainly don't mind him either. So 
both players in Riley and, and Bez, who I, I have some interest in, I, I almost agree with your take. Like, I, I think Bez is almost like the better, the better bet to, to kind of pop here. I like Riley's chances. And I kind of like him for DFS because he's so talented, but like Bez has been the one who's consistent. He's making a ton of cuts. He's playing a lot. And, you know, I, I mean, I think it's just going to happen for him one week where the putter gets really hot, the confidence goes and he's just very talented golfer. So um, a on, a, on a, yeah. On, and on a, on a weird, like little technical track, I mean, it's not outlandish to say that it happens this week. So I, I still need to add a couple players in this range. I mentioned Keegan um, who, now that now, if you're asking me who if I if I have to bet Keegan over Bez, it's it's gonna be hard for me to take Keegan. So I may end up adding Bez, but um, I, I definitely like him. And and again, like to your point, I almost forgot he was in this range. Like I, I just so I think a lot of people are gonna do that this week, where they're so focused on that you know like the Hoagies and the guys who played well last week that like the Rileys and the Bez at, at AK flat may just get really underowned. Yeah, you can you can easily go very balanced and have two or three of these guys kind of rounding out lineups, but we still got the, the bottom half of the field. K.H. Lee, Neesmith, who was great. Rio is here. Mackenzie Hughes, Kitayama, a wild man in himself. I don't know how Ricky's here, but he is. I mean, the sevens are litter, littered with all different types of players. When you look at them, who stood out? I think there's a couple guys that should have been in the eights, and then I think there's a couple guys that should have been in the sixes. Yeah, Ricky, one of those guys. For that, sure. would be, that would be where <laughs> I'd label him, yes he's the only um, guy who might get cut like Ricky. They might just say like, don't come back for the weekend, please. Yeah. Just do commercials. Please. For us instead. Yeah, absolutely. Some, some Japanese whiskey for you to hawk Ricky. Um, yeah. Like, like Grillo to me, I don't, I don't know what's going on with this price. What does this guy have to do to get a little respect? Um, yeah. I, I guess he was 73rd last week, but again, like that, that speaks to our point. It's like, one bad result and like Grillo's out of the eight K's, but like, we're still on stallings and hoagie here. Like that seems a little far-fetched. So he's definitely like, and, and I mean, again, I, you know, he, he tends to hit a lot of fairways off the tee. We know he can dial up the approaches. I'm sure there'll be a meltdown around the greens at some point, but um, like 77 feels very, very cheap for a player who's had a bunch of top fives in his last like eight or nine starts sets up well, I think for the course. So you start there. And Mark Hubbard too. I mean, trending well on approaches. I, I don't really have anything bad to say about him right now. Um, I, I think that that's a player like at 7,700 who's very comparable to like a Hoagie or or like a Scott Stallings right now. And 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 I mean, I don't I don't mind taking that price. We're going to play recent form. I think you have to give Hubbard some love here too. A little bit interested in like you know, I, probably a week for me to get off Neesmith. Again, different part of the world. Um, we kind of liked him last week. He played the Shriners a lot before. This is a different course. It's not Bermuda or anything like that. I know last week wasn't either, but um, Neesmith also a bit of a streaky putter. So that's a player I would probably be fading from this range. And then, you know, you've got like Herbert up there. I don't really know what KH Lee, guy. if we, if we want to get back on him, maybe because we're, we're in, in that part of the world. But yeah, I, I mean, I guess Herbert is like a, a YOLO play here with the no cut, but I, I don't really have anything, any hard take on Lucas Herbert. The problem, so it, listen, if you're building a bunch of lineups, you're going to have exposure to probably a bunch of these guys, and it's understandable. The, the, my biggest knock on Lucas Herbert, if he doesn't have it, you're talking about a guy who legitimately could finish last. Like, yes. he's not going to give you, like, ah, oh, he wasn't great, and he grinded to 31st, and it was, you know, not what I was looking for. If he doesn't have it, and with his irons, when they go, not that they're ever there, 
Like if, if the putter for some reason is a little cold, yeah. you could forget it. Like he's completely done. And that scares me. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's again, and, and I mean, we can look at, again, the, just to, to reemphasize, we say this every week, but like the, the projections from stochastic, so valuable for a player. And, and Lucas Herbert is like the perfect example yep. trending with about 10% ownership. So if Lucas Herbert was like 5%, I'd say, okay, this is, this is a good time to probably go overweight on Herbert. He's he's, if his putter does show up, he's pretty good around the greens. He could definitely pop for top five here. He's, he's played it a lot across the world. I don't hate it, but like he's getting a little bit of love coming off a couple events. And so for me, it would probably be a player where, again, you mix him in, like Ben said, you're creating under lineups, you're, you're multi-entering a $5, whatever you're doing, mix him in. Absolutely. He's got upside, but I wouldn't necessarily be stretching to the fact where I have to go like over the weight on, on Herbert this week. Yep. I'm with you tournament at best, but you could justify that with a lot of players, the bottom of the sevens, as we work down, you know, again, there's names like Steele isn't playing really good golf. Ricky's broken. Patrick Rogers. I want to get your take on him. Then you've got like Wyndham Clark, Jaeger, Knox, Troy Merritt. Like, oh man, it starts to get thin pretty quickly. Some of these guys have one skill set and that's it. Other guys, I mean, Rogers showed a little life at Shriners, but it's still a lot of it's yeah. off the tee centric. Does anyone in the lower sevens really pique your interest? So, no, absolutely they do. And, um, but it's, it's like you said, there's, we're definitely like relying on, I mean, we'll start with Russell Knox. We're, we're relying on Russell Knox to a, not be a complete disaster off the tee and around the greens and just for his irons to bounce back a little bit. He's second in proximity in over the last 50 rounds. I mean, this is a player who, again, he's won over in Asia before, um, much like guys like Morikawa. I mean, he is like the cheaper version of those players. He's just an elite iron player when he's on. He is coming off a missed cut, but that's why he's 7K this week. So I, I think that buying low on Knox at this type of course is absolutely fine. And then our guy, Joel Dahman, I mean, two weeks in a row here now, gaining over four strokes on approach. Uh, we, you know, going into the Sanderson kind of was an interesting play, like 6,500. Price really hasn't jumped much after, off two good results, which I find weird. I mean, I think Dahman's kind of been a streaky player where when he gets in some form, like he gets confident and he kind of makes his money. And he's kind of just like a, an assassin in a lot of those regards. It kind of reminds me of Kevin Kisner in some of those ways where he knows when he's feeling it and he goes out and he cashes those paychecks. But 7K, I'm absolutely fine on him on a course like that. I actually look at him as potentially like just the best overall play down here. And I'm going to do it, Ben. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to stand for my guy, Stephen Yager. Oh, my I God. I birdie rate around the green will save him on a course like this. I, I, I absolutely think it can. The approach game is really weird with Yager right now. It shows up one round and then it goes away. But like we're only three or four events away from him gaining like four or five strokes. So I think with the no cut event with a player like Yager too, I think he's playing pretty good golf. Like the birdie rate is there for four rounds of play. I don't think that Yager's going to come to this event and just be like a, you know, pack it in if he shoots like 76 one day. I think he will try and grind up. It's a player who's obviously like, you know, had trouble staying on the PGA Tour. He's playing pretty good golf right now. I mean, he was up near the lead. Uh, he had the lead at the Shriners uh, halfway through round two. And he had an absolutely disastrous nine holes. But to his credit, again, he came back. He grabbed a nice finish and he got a bunch of DFS points. I think this is a, a better setup for him because it's less driver centric. So no, um, you know, is, is Steven Yager going to win this week? No, he's not. You don't have to bet him. I know I, I say I bet him every week, but 
I think he's a very good DFS play in this range. I, I really do. I, I like the setup for him. There, there's a couple guys, and I, I don't have this uh, theory kind of fleshed out, you know, all the way, but Jaeger would fit this. You see it in showdown first because they have flashes, and he's that type of guy. He does it for 18 holes. And then you look and you're like, what happened? Oh, he finished 40, 30. Can't hold it together for 72. But once they start, once you see a guy consistently popping in a round, sometimes yeah. it's third, you know, keep an eye on him because eventually this, again, Fratelli's like this, Lucas Bear is like this. One of these times they, they really string it together and then you see the finish. Now, the beauty of this, we don't care if it's the third round, he'll get to the third round. A lot of times Jaeger has a 63 that never we never get to see like a lot of players because he's cut and when you play like that it's a lot more difficult so i i can get on board with that one thing you know when i look at dom and i look at knox ohl always pops up colonial travelers these type of tourses uh with the course history i think you're going to see a lot of similarities in that even john deere to an extent that's much much easier but I, I see it with these type of players. You're just going to need the one thing to cooperate, whether it's the putter for Knox, it would be the driver and probably the putter uh, and maybe the irons. But other than that, everything looks great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's this guy. He killed me last week. I, I'm in the bitter barn with him. No, I know. I look, I, I wasted some money. on Russell. I was like, Oh, this is great. It just, just, Nope. I cannot get him right, but no. I'm going to stick yeah. with it. And look, right. he's like, he's, he hasn't missed a ton of cuts in a row. Like he's, that's just kind of been his MO. He puts together a couple of results. He tempts us and then he missed the cut, but he bounces back. And I, I think that his, he's, his overall game is fine. Um, but he's still, like you said, searching for a little consistency in some areas, but we're getting four rounds on, on a track where I like, if he, if he shoots 71, which is basically what he did, the Shriners, like he's not going to be 10 strokes behind. So I think that there's a good chance where Russell Knox you know, maybe he starts slow and then puts together a good weekend because he's, you know, his ball striking gets the four rounds to come through for us. Um, I think, I think it's okay to jump back here. Anyways, I, I, there's, there's definitely multiple players I like, you know, in this low seven K range, I think are very playable. All right. We're going to get to it now. We're going to get into the depths. I will say anyone watching, I know it's a Tuesday and if you're checking it out, you know, after the fact, Welcome aboard. If you want to support us, hit the like button. It means a lot to us. And again, get behind Inside the Ropes, everything we got going on at Stochastic, Discord, uh, you know, the premium tools. It's all stuff that could take your game to the next level. And it's just a cool, cool spot. I know I'm biased because I work here, but I, I really do enjoy all the tools that we've got. And it really can help make your, your DFS process that much easier. We're about to crash into the 6K range. I also have to ask you, have you watched Silverado? That's going to be a question. Did you watch it? Yes, I did. Oh my, I was so sure the answer was no. No, nope. got through it and uh, it's great. It's really long too, man. It like, is, but it's good, right? No, yeah, it's really entertaining. It's it's that classic. It's very just like, in a lot of ways, it's like hoaxy, but like it's good hoaxy. Like it's it's very well done. The stunts are awesome. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. No, I, I liked it. Like it, it is, I mean, you know, you got Kevin Costner acting like a crazy person. <laughs> You got some great uh, like characters built in. I mean, it's very like you know, good guys, bad guys. But it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is what it is. Like it's and it's it, those movies are okay when they're well done, right? Like the stunts are awesome in it. I thought. I mean, you know, it's good. All right. It's, well, yeah. for people that don't know what the hell we're talking about, <laughs> uh, you know. Anyway, 
Um, let's get to the 6K range. Hertelli, all of that stuff. We've got him, Wildman. We've got Bo Hostler, Cam Champ. These are the type of players, one skill, like I call them one skill set. Like Cam Champ does one thing at an incredible level. Bo Hostler can get crazy hot with the putter. Non-cuts, this type of thing can thrive. Where do you look as the last man in? Oh, my God. What did I just do? I, I hid Scotty by mistake. What am I doing on Slack? Get this out of here. Go ahead. The floor is yours, my friend. That's okay. I'm like getting, getting spam botted here. I know. Um, I went to I went to ban the spam bot, and I almost banned Scotty, friend of the show. That's like Never would I do that. Here. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Look. I mean, under seven k. You know, for Telly, obviously, we like him. He stands out. It's a no cut event. We're gonna get four rounds from him. Um, our guy Adam Shank is there too. Who of course showed up last week after we, we all jumped on or we decided to jump on him for the Sanderson, but um, you know, Shank trending well with his approaches. I, I don't, I don't really have um, like a bad take there. I, I think Fratelli is fine at 6,900. Again, you're just playing a player who's got a good all around game can pop in different areas and, and it's going to get four rounds in. I mean, just playing like the, the talent edge that I think he has after that um, CT pan is a guy that, I, 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 you know, I read my, my write up from this event last year and I, yeah, Pan was playing well and I had him written up and it does make a lot of sense. Like, uh, he's played well on the West coast before too. It's a good track for a player who's not big off the tee. He doesn't have to do much as long as he's not terrible at hitting fairways and he can kind of do it like around the greens on approach. So I, I look at CT Pan as a really interesting, uh, play kind of how we're, we're maybe almost viewing like like a, a guy like Russell Knox and Joel Dom, it's just we haven't seen it from CT Pan yet. But if he does pop up here, this is going to be a good course for him. So I look at Pan as, at 6,700 as being a player I potentially would be interested in in using this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I get to CT Pan more than most. I think his game is an interesting blend of like the skill set. He's someone that to me, I just talked about like these guys that do one thing well. He to me is sometimes the opposite. Yeah. I, I don't think he has like a glaring weakness. The putter at times, I guess, but it's not a liability to the extent of guys that literally can't putt ever. He also doesn't have like world class anything. It's just a pretty well rounded player. And that that's that's an interesting wrinkle for his game. Like Hayden Buckley, Adam Long, these are names that I looked at and ultimately. I couldn't get there in a major capacity, but I got to give a shout out to Hayden Buckley, who just continuously churns out quality results. 19th at Sanderson, 20th at Shriners. He was good at the end of the year. He's automatic off the tee. Why not Hayden Buckley, honestly? Yeah, um, he's just really consistent. He's not doing anything poorly, which which we like. I mean, I, you know, maybe 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 the track gets to him this week and it's just, you know, a little bit quirky and going Possible. over the that's the only concern, but I mean, if this was like a traditional, like if this was the OHL, I'd probably be more apt to get on him here, but yeah, I don't, again, I mean, we're talking about like Fratelli long, like players who are just a lot more inconsistent than Buckley with the way Buckley's playing you, as Ben said, just keep playing him until he's, his price goes up. Like he should probably be, you know, 7,200 this week, just with, with how consistent he's been. So yeah, I, I, I got nothing bad to say there. 
Um, and then to your, just to your point about pan, I mean, I think that, I think this course really does work to players who have kind of like a couple different outs, um, in a lot of ways, it'll be a little bit tougher. So it won't just be like one thing. We're not just, you know, asking players to sink like 10 foot birdie putts all week and, and, and have a really open venue. So, uh, but I think that'll help Buckley too, because he's doing multiple things well. So yeah, yeah no reason really to, to start fading that last couple names, uh, before we call it a day here, Brandon Wu. Any interest there? I there's not that many other players down here. I mean, Lee Hodges, Sam Ryder, Kanaya, Chez. I don't really have interest in these guys per se. I think Kanaya is just a, an interesting prospect. But I, Brandon Wu at 65, he's someone that I, I'm still trying to discover who he really is. He's got some talent. There's no doubt. Yeah, and you know he can he can definitely hit a few fairways, which is nice. Like you know he it's kind of interesting that. You know, where he's done well hasn't been necessarily at like traditional PGA venues, like second at Mexico, third in Puerto Rico, sixth in the Scottish. I mean, it's like you get this guy out of the Wyndham. United States from like the pristine kind of country club setting. And it's like, you know, all of a sudden he comes to life. I think I think this is actually a pretty good spot to deploy Brandon. He, like I said, he hits a lot of fairways when he's playing well. Um, we, we're not at a course where like, you know, we're emphasizing power and it, I want to say he won the corn Ferry tour championship on another kind of technical track. I I'm going to have to double check that just Brandon. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. So, um, the mines, it was at the mines. I know that. Okay. You know, that course is that where it was played? No, it was at, um, Victoria national or something, wasn't it? I might be thinking of the wrong thing then. All right, carry on. Anyways, um, so I'm going back furiously in Brandon Wu's history. Um, regardless, I like this spot for him. I mean, I, I think he's a talented young player. And, you know, just at the price that we're getting him at, um, it's fine. It's fine. Take a shot. It's a no-cut event. Uh, I think at the very least, like overall, this, this should be where I think we'd expect Brandon Wu to show up. I don't know if we'd want him on longer courses yet. Uh, maybe that's that's where he'll do his best work long term, but I I don't think so. I think it's probably a good spot for him. Yeah, yeah. Listen, he's the type of guy. Consistency. He's got ways to go, but he's shown that when he, when he strings it together, he can play with players better than this field. There's no doubt. Yes. Um, and that is interesting because you don't need. This is not cumulative. This is not season long. This is who's going to play well right now uh, for four rounds and four rounds only. Do I think Brandon Wu is going to do that? Honestly, probably not. But of the guys in the sixes, I think he can. And his ceiling is, is much higher than some of these other guys. Now I'm trying to search for what the hell am I thinking of? Uh, anyway. Yeah, and Brandon Wu did win, did win the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. It was in 2020, not 2021. That's why I couldn't find it. And it was at Victoria National in Indiana, which is, okay. which is it's a par 72, but it's kind of like a shorter, a lot of dog legs. So yeah, and I know he had a really good driving week that week, hit a ton of fairways. So, anyone, uh, let me ask you not to group all these players in, but I am going to do that for time <laughs> requirements. There are a, a dozen or so yeah. Asian tour players who, again, I'm sure they're very talented players, but they just don't have the experience or the pedigree that most of these players have. Do you see yourself trying to go there, or do you say, let other people try to make a hero call? I'm sure a couple will play well, most will not. You know, I, I don't hate it again. Like 
like you said, don't allocate a huge portion of it. But I think that with a lot of players just ignoring this part of the field, like I think it is worthwhile to kind of try and really do, do your research and, and pick out a couple players who either have connections to the region or just, you know, in better form. And like, like most people aren't going to be going and looking at like recent form for a guy like, for example, Yuto Katsugawa, who, um, you know, has, has strung the other couple top fives on the Asian tour of late. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's, I don't know. I mean, he's an Asian tour player. He's, he's obviously taking a step up, but, um, you know, a player like that could certainly pop for like a top 20 here. Hiroshi Iwata at 6,100, who um, has, has played a bit on the PGA Tour. He's T18 at this event last year. He, he opened with a 61, if people remember. So look for, so, look for some players like that. I think both those names are actually kind of interesting this year. Um, but, you know, don't, don't, don't like single entry of these guys or anything like that. No. It's more of just you're going to need one lineup probably to be like overweight the field on them. So, yeah. And that, that's the thing. Again, just to tie it back to our tools, you got to know what the ownership is. So you know how much you need to allocate. Like you don't need 40% Sam Ryder. If you want to play Sam Ryder though, and you have 12% or something and any plays really well, that's something that to, you can really consider. And in the low sixes, I'm not going to mess around with too many of these guys. I don't have them on the betting card. If I did though, it would be a splash play trying to win, you know, 200 K from 20 bucks. I don't see single entry. I don't see three max. You can get other cheap options of guys. We've got years worth of data for, uh, and that's kind of how I'm going to approach this week. Any final thoughts from you before we call it a day on the Zozo? No, I mean, I guess just to like tie a knot on that, that last point. I mean, like we are getting a course where a lot of the courses in Japan are the same. Yeah. So like, I, I think that if you have a player and you're kind of like trying to make a decision to like, it's not just course history, but if, if players came over here and played well at the, um, at the Olympics, like I know we didn't really mention Sebastian Munoz, but like a, a player like that, who, who obviously was, was top four. And then you have, you know, like a, a guy like Mito, like, I think that's, that's a pretty good indicator. And I think like when you're looking down, um, down below as well. If you're trying to make a decision, you know, take a little bit of that into account, but otherwise, I mean, you know, this is a, a no cut event in Japan. Some of these players are probably going to come over and, you know, be jet lagged and, and, and pack it in after like one round and some players are going to get off to a good start. So it, it's going to be a bit of a wild week, but um, I think really just stressing players with, with the good iron player who just set up well for the course. I think this is a week to really play, the course setup and really try and, and, and pick players who, who fit well with the style. There we have it at the fantasy grind. You can follow Jeff there at jazz DFS. You can follow me and you can check us all our workout on stochastic.com props on the Zozo. I really tried hard to get that right. I always add a, a soft Y in there. That is how we're going to do it. I know, like I said, golf will be back soon enough in its full iteration, but these swing season events, the money is out there and really good opportunities to get some data on some guys. That's what we hopefully accomplish today. But we're going to bounce on that here for me, for Jeff, for Tyler behind the glass. Good luck, everyone. Last, very last thing. Keep an eye on the starting time for this. We're in Japan. Yeah. DraftKings hasn't updated when it's starting. Keep an eye on that. So don't miss lock. If you do, if you're going to miss lock, send me that head to head. Uh, be a good guy. Be a, be a team player. But until next time, everyone, good luck. Enjoy the golf. And we'll talk to you guys soon.
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production could napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future and how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet james burke's visionary series connections returns for a new generation experience all new connections with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com